right, everybody. So we got episode 11. Henry, what's yeah. going on, man? What's, what's, what's popping, man? What's going on, man? You know, another day, another dollar, all that great stuff. It's um, officially episode 11. What's really going on? Uh, we got some... Special guests. You know, we got special guests. Um, that's the big facts today. We got somebody going to give you all some knowledge. Uh, so we're gonna quickly break down the news before right, we get right. into that. So, so Henry, lead us off. What's going uh, on? Man? So a little food for thought. Um, another black man is shot. Uh, today, Vasil Vizel, something like that is V A S S E L L. He was shot in Brooklyn, New York. Um, gunned down by four officers. One was in like full uniform. Four were not. Um, they pulled up on the scene around 4:40 p.m. Um, and then he, he was carrying a metal pipe or an object that appeared to be, um, a firearm. Right. Three different community members did call the police and say they were being terrorized, um, by someone in a brown jacket who was pointing, um, the, like, pipe at him. And then when the police approached the scene, um, he took a two-handed stance as if he were going to, like, shoot the officers. And that's when the 10 shots were fired, and he right. was dead within, like, 10 seconds. So, yeah, man, it's just, like, uh, it happened again. I, I mean, he was bipolar, uh, which is kind of like, uh, because he could have been having, like, a manic breakdown or whatever the case may be. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I just kind of think it, it's, like I said last time when we discussed um, the shooting in Sacramento, I, I think it's different measures police can take rather than just showing up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I think, this is probably the third straight time we've talked about stuff like this. And, like, of course, each case is different. And I think, you know, this one is not just simply, like, a police yeah, thing, that's, clearly. Because yeah. it's also a thing of, like, all right, if there, you know, if we provided adequate mental health services to people, if we did a lot of the extra stuff in terms of, like, funding this right. and making it's sure that... Right, factors that play into this particular... Right. Uh, so I think that kind of gets to, like, the, the complexity of it and that each case is different, but, um, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about the kind of the aspects of mental health before, and so I just think it gets to, like, just the kind of thing that we, where we kind of just keep talking about the same right. um, stuff, which can be... I think it's going to continue to be a topic if you guys really want to, like, I guess get a different, or not a different, but an opinion of, like, what's going to be done. Ebony Magazine put out an um, article, like, who polices the police. Um, it's pretty good. It kind of came about after, again, the Sacramento um, shooting. So I would definitely say check that out. I read it myself. I um, mean, it goes into detail of, like, right. the different cases that have happened and uh, like what's happened with the officers and all of that, so yeah. I would say check it out. Yeah, we'll put that in the links. So what's what else you got going on, man? <laughs> Since Henry is leading this 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 program. Uh, no, so New York passes um, a bill that basically says officers cannot have sex with people they have in custody. Um, the bill <laughs> that's crazy, right? Why is that happening? Um, but basically, BuzzFeed um, reported this a few like weeks ago saying that many states have begun to do this because it never explicitly says in the um, law that an officer can or cannot have sex with someone and it's not counted as uh, consensual sex. It came about after two officers in New York. Um, they allegedly raped this 18-year-old girl uh, who was arrested for marijuana, which is interesting for the next to or coming yeah, topics. Right. But besides that, um, the DNA, like rape kits, did match the two officers but they pleaded not guilty um, on that and other charges. So now it's up for the court to decide. 
Right. Well, yeah, they yeah. passed this bill saying, like, regardless, if you're detained, you can't give consent, so the officer would be in the wrong. Right, right. Um, no, I mean, that's something to, I'm sure we'll have that on a heads up in a couple of weeks. Of, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, because I know we've always talked about how a lot of discretion is normally given to, like, how we kind of talked about with, like, the federal agency stuff, like, a lot of discretion is normally given to that individual. So, it would right. be key to see kind of what happens in the legalistic sense, because I know you've always had that focus of kind of, like, what does the law actually say, yes. and then uh-huh. how is that actually applied in terms of, Mm-hmm. If someone does wrong, is there discretion given to that party who has been the you know the person who has been wrong or right. the person who did wrong? Right. So I think that's going to be probably an interesting development. Which I'm sure we'll keep up to date. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we moving pretty fast. We are moving pretty fast. Jumps, huh? All right. So um, I don't know if you guys know, but um, so apparently this I don't know I don't I cheated in Spanish, but. Pueblo Sin Frontier, whatever, the caravan thing with the immigrants, um, it translates to people without borders. They've been organizing, organizing this event for years uh, as to where, like, groups of immigrants or whatever, they would kind of cross the border in a caravan or mm-hmm. however the case may be. And Trump got wind of this recently and said he's going to deploy the National Guard to stand on the porch. All right. uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up because it goes against or goes with uh, his whole like immigration policies because he's taking I I would say strong stances on immigration we clearly know how he feels Um, so yeah that's yeah right and I think the other key thing is that I think they were Guatemalan immigrants and I think that's key Mm -hmm. because um, in Guatemala there's a real um, it's kind of like a humanitarian crisis in the sense of they have a lot of civil unrest there so a lot of people are literally freeing the country as almost if you know a country had an upheaval or if we had an upheaval here and we right, said we right. have to get out of here or we're going to get killed so we're going to go to Canada and then if the Canadian president this would be basically the equivalent if the Canadian president was like you all can't come and I'm going to put troops on the border right. to enforce you all don't exactly. come in. so I think that um, you know I think that having you know I think the debate often gets screwed of like having legal immigration is a very good thing but I think also we have to learn the acceptance of like, okay, if someone, if there's a humanitarian crisis and people need to get out, we need to have adequate solutions for right, them to exactly. immediately seek asylum. Exactly. So I just think that's something that um, that's important. And it's, you know, like you said, it follows his continued policies of being not only just kind of, this isn't just being like tough on immigration. I think it's just kind of just having a lack of a worldview or a lack of compassion. Right, saying, right, like, right. These people are, are struggling because, I mean, you know, he was the one who said, you know, we're not going to take people from shithole countries. Why don't, why don't we take people from, like, Norway? Like, obviously, people understand the oh my God. opinion with that. So I think that's just kind of another thing of, you know, it doesn't help that they're from a Central American country in Guatemala. Right, right, right. Who was just, I'm sure we would probably know if, this, if there was a humanitarian crisis in somewhere like Iceland or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something that, you know, it's sad to say that our president doesn't really have a lack of a worldview, a lack of compassion, but he's also very strict in, and simply acknowledging that, you know, people need help, uh-huh. especially from a country in which I probably don't know where it's on a map. <laughs> so I think that's just something that we all just need to kind of be aware of and look out for, but also try to, you Do know. Do our best to, like, support, uh, I'll say, me as a person of color, um, because I wouldn't say we, well, we face, like, Yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah, it's the kind of thing of, like, you know, where when these people were, down, we didn't speak up, and then there was no one else, and they right, came to me, right. and I had no one else to defend <laughs> me. So I think that's an important thing, but I think also we should um, just try to, you know, try to alert other people, or whether we can try to, um, people should advocate for, like, local officials to be like, hey, we're going to take these people in, or mm-hmm. certain states can try to pass rules, or attorney generals can kind of get try to get tricky with language and say, like, hey, 
you, the country might, you know, the federally they might not do this. Right, we have our own state laws. Right, we right, can, right. Like Californians said, we're gonna, like basically they said with DACA or stuff like that. Like exactly. We're not gonna enforce exactly. This law, even though he's going to try it's to do it. With exactly. Um, one other thing I know this wasn't on the agenda, but this broke last night. Um, so the U.S., um, France, and the U.K. yesterday night they did airstrikes on Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a food for thought and a big and kind of like a heads up yeah, because the story's like not a bit fat heads yeah, up. yeah all of that yeah because the story's not going to go away. So basically, um, President Al Assad he bombed. Uh, there's basically a civil war going on um, in Syria, and he bombed the people there with chemical attacks. And the first time he's done that, the U.S. responded. Um, to a chemical attack last year, everyone kind of knew the there was a real picture of like a a four year old boy who was outside of an ambulance who had like blood all over his face and mm. like this is a crisis that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing is that you know this could possibly Russia is supporting the Syrian president who we're not very fond of, right? So that's kind of this big entanglement and the Syrians took their stuff to Russian bases because they knew we wouldn't attack there because that uh-huh. would lead to a bigger problem. So one that's just something to look out for because this can escalate. Quickly, but it's also a thing of Congress. They don't, if the president acts militarily, Congress has the authority to say, like, we authorize you to use this force. That hasn't, ever since 9-11, that's kind of taken its own light, and Congress hasn't really said, we authorize you to use force here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people in Congress, there's a growing movement to say, hey, if you're going to do this, we need to approve it first. You can't uh-huh. just basically say, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z abroad. And not consult us. Exactly. Because the executive branch, I mean, granted, they, the president is the commander in chief. He leads all our military but forces. Again, but still, there's checks and balances. Yeah. So I think that's something um, to look forward to. Yeah. So hopefully we don't end up in a war somewhere. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, so moving on, moving forward. Uh, this is so funny to me. But former White House uh, Speaker John Bonier. Banner. Banner, Bonner, whatever. Uh, bro, I really don't care about politicians, but um, uh, yeah. So, bro, <laughs> he joined the um commission board for a huge marijuana um company, and he was like against marijuana when he was speaker of the house. Get your money. Uh, I mean, basically, yeah. um, but he said his reasons are because um he's not advocating that like all fifty states. Legalize. Legalize it, but he does say that each state should determine their own law. So it's kind of like there's a growing. Yeah, I think more you know, Republicans are slowly starting to get at least <coughs> because they state, see yeah. the financial gain off of it. Yeah, I think it's they see the financial gain of it, and also I think there's a, even though it's loosely applied, I think everyone can admit that the criminalization of it, is, right? It, it's just not in a in a solely financial aspect, which is bad because it doesn't always focus on the bodies who are accounted for in that. Exactly. But in a financial sense, like, hey, locking someone up for five years for marijuana possession, that's not a fiscally smart thing to do. Exactly. Because then we, state corrections have to pay for that. Federal correction facilities have to pay for that. I mean... So I think that's, I think that's what a lot of conservatives are now starting to think, like, hey, this is probably, we're all against government waste if we're locking people up for possession. A Schedule One substance treated on par with heroin and cocaine. Who said that? Um, 30 states, oh. including the District of Columbia, uh, have already permitted mar- medical marijuana use. And right. nine states, including the District of Columbia, have um, also permitted recreational uh, yeah. use. No, that came from the hill.com. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it shows you how 
the war on drugs and all of this stuff that was termed and keyed back when my parents were yeah. young and whatever. Towards us, that's people. Uh, how times have changed, people have changed, and the views have changed, and they've seen the capital gain they can get off of it. I think that's the whole point of it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, now we're with the big facts. Um, you can do introductions. Yeah. Um, so, now we're going to bring on our special guest. This is uh, probably our first actual... I would say this is our first actual scheduled interview. interview. Yeah. Besides the improv. Besides, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, besides the improv two one. So, um... We're really happy to have this guest on. Um, yes, yes, yes. Darius Baxter. I first met him. What was it 2015? Right? Yeah, we were in. Yeah, yeah. summer of 2015. Yeah, so we first met uh, 2015 um, in the office of the Honorable Eleanor Holmes Norton, yep. Congresswoman from DC. Yeah. Um, Darius now is doing amazing work uh, with his group, um, Good Partners. Um, so we just want to highlight him, talk to him about the work that he's doing. Um, so Darius, how are you doing, man? We're honored, we're really honored to have you on, man. Um, yeah, it's such an honor. I'm good, man. Thank you guys for inviting me on today. Yeah, um, so just kind of, I mean, I know once we stopped working together in August 2015, then you went back to Georgetown, and then all of a sudden it seemed like you and your best friend at Georgetown just all of a sudden put your, just almost had like a really good brain thing. Yep. And just formed a group. So just talk about kind of the work that you all, or what your I think well, you have to announce the name first. Good, I said good partner. <laughs> I said good partner. Okay, but I think a lot of us, and I think this is to your, to you and your guys' credit, is that yeah. a lot of people aspire to kind of do this good, and then you all just said, "We're not only just going to have this idea of doing good, we're actually going to create something to do that." So how did exactly. that? How did that start up? Because everybody can have the idea, mm -hmm. but not everyone can just say we're going to build a clear infrastructure behind that. Yeah. So how did you all go from the idea to actually having making it happen yeah yeah man it, it, it's honestly i first want to give like all credit to god man yeah like, he's been instrumental in my life from start to finish and he continues to show himself every single day so first give up honor and praise to him um second man I, I had a good group of friends yeah like i look at just the trajectory of just my life it's always been people that have supported me um closest buddies and and good is no different you know, mm -hmm. I had two guys that I had the opportunity to play ball with in college. Yeah. Uh, we competed against each other in high school, and that'll be shown, the story is told. But, you know, we came into our senior year, and we made a decision. We identified issues that were going on in our community, and we said we wanted to go back and make a difference. And two years later, we're still doing it. Like, and at this point, we've been able to get support from a lot of people that believe in our dream. Yeah. Uh, we're just doing the work every day. It's cool, man. I'm having fun. So, um, I guess, how would you say, like, you're doing the work for the people and for the community? How would you say yeah. you're doing it on a humble um, aspect? Because, you know, most people say, I want to help the community there. Go back and you put a community center up or start a scholarship. Or what are you doing that you consider to be different than other people? No, I'm just present, man. Mm -hmm. like, I don't have no money to be giving these kids. Like, right, right, so, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Yeah. So, so all I really do have to give is myself. Right, myself. right. And, uh, I was actually I was at a, a lunch and somebody said something like so powerful, you know, stick for me for the rest of my life. He said, you know, I have more money than I have time. Mm -hmm. What he was essentially saying was like time is his most valuable asset. Right, right. And I'm the same way. Like I feel like my time is my most valuable asset. And what I do every single day is just give that to those who need it the most. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a particular uh, 
group or people that you focus on, or it's kind of like? Um, it's more so focusing on it's focusing on the people and places in Washington D.C. Right. Uh, within a strain focus on Ward Seven and Ward Eight. Right. Um, man, age group wise, man, I just go where the need is. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's good about what you do, because I mean, I know. Like I remember early on when you were doing the work um, yeah. where you rebuilt the park in, in first quarter and then you're out there doing stuff yeah. about mental health for the elderly. So I think, um, how do you try to balance that need? Because clearly it's like, you know, you try to go where the need is. So how do you yeah. determine that need, especially since you're from here? Yeah. Where you have, I mean, you clearly have a connection to the kids who grew up here because you, you walk the same streets that they walk. You know yeah. the same experience. So how do you try to balance that shape between... You know, helping that younger generation, which are cl- which you've clearly been focused on, and saying, mm-hmm. or else saying, like, "Hey, we have this need that it doesn't matter if they're your parents' age or my gr- or our grandparents' age." How do you try to balance that focus in terms of helping whoever you try to help? Like, how how do how does your calculus work in saying, like, "There's this need that I try to prioritize," or is it just kind of you just see where the wind's going and you just try to? Man, honestly, I just take it like I, I tell myself, man, just take it one day at a time. Mm. Honestly, that's all I can really. Like, as an organization, like, we have, like, our priorities and our mission and our vision. But as an individual, I have things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right. And my co-founders are the same way. They have things that they're passionate about. Like, food justice is a huge issue for me. Especially down in Ward 7 and Ward 8. Exactly. I'm going to be putting a lot of time and energy and effort into that over the next 18 months. Like, but other partners, like, financial literacy is something that's really important yeah. to him. You know? And, but that's, that's just where it is. As far as prioritizing, man, honestly, the people. As long as I'm helping somebody, that's my number one priority. Yeah, I just try to be completely present, like, in every situation I'm in. Yeah. And then um, God takes care of the rest. Yeah, that's real. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, hold on. I mean, I'll ask the next one. I mean, I know, um, I mean, we kind of started about how you kind of had the infrastructure to, how yeah. you and your boys, you just had that idea. And one, you had, like, the physical will, and you had yeah. the mental will to just keep going. Um. Messing up your mess on your plate. What's been what's kind of been the hardest part about all this? Because I think like clearly you've put in that grind where and you know, kinda of like how Henry was talking, you know, a lot of people are out to kind of be in the community just for the just for the snapshot of it. Yeah. You're not I mean, just before I mean, while we were recording, you were on the phone trying to make stuff happen. Like what's what's been the hardest part about this, whether it's trying to gather the funds or trying to, you know, just do the good that you really want to do, which is clearly, I mean, clearly your aspirations are like, I'm trying to really help out. So what's been the hardest part about this? It could be anything. It could be like the financial side, the actual operation side, or just. No, all that, that's the easy part, man. I say the hardest part for me has been, you know, I can't be everywhere at one time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not, I'm not a very showy person. Like, you don't see the work that I'm doing, like on my social media, like I'm not doing op-eds about, children I'm helping and stuff like I've been turning down like major news interviews and stuff like I'm not really trying to be out here like that in that way right yeah um but you know in the community uh, people recognize me and people know who I am and people um, have expectations of me to do a lot of different things so and especially the kids that I work with I work with a number of kids and they all like are coming from situations where they don't have a lot of people they can count on right so you know, I'm 24 years old. I only have 24 hours in a day when there's times where people feel let down sometimes because I can't be there for them in the way they would want me to. Right. Or, like, I can't go to every event. Like, yeah. I can't be in every school. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's super important that we're starting this movement because it's like, I know my limitations, but if we had, you know, 100,000 more young people that were interested in this work, right. it would make things a lot easier. Like, I don't yeah. want to become a superstar doing good. Like, I want everybody in the community, I want to inspire other people in the community to want to get up and do something in their own neighborhood. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I'm just like taking it all in because I guess for me, um, my main thing, uh, one behind this whole thing is like me really, really wanting to kind of interview you is one, you're young, you just graduated college. How did you get that, I guess, stability, focus, discipline to just do all of this? Um, Because there's so many people I personally interacted with have come across, like Noah said, it's just an idea. Yeah. And you didn't let that idea fade, um, and it's good that you're this young doing it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's like my, I guess that's I'm just listening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to say, but we can keep nah, ripping, we can keep ripping off the questions. It's just no, nah, it goes back to like the the discipline and the focus just comes from. I grew up playing football, right? You know, um, my father was my football coach mm-hmm. all of my childhood. He unfortunately passed away when I was young, but. You know, just the, the discipline that that sport instilled in us, the ultimate team game, like the character, right. the hard work, pushing yourself past limits that you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. And that has just continued to show itself in everything that I do now. Yeah, man, that's okay. Yeah. Like I've already been in the office today, it's Saturday. Right. I'm in the office today. Right. You know? And it's just you just committing to your grind and just seeing it through. If I don't do it, who else is going to do exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I guess uh, for myself, I'm, I'm, again, trying to paint it, come from a different perspective. Yeah. So, for somebody that might be listening is a young person who feels like, oh, man, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, what would you tell them or advice you would, like, give to that person? Uh, let's say you're talking to somebody who you work with um, who came from a particular situation that happened to be unfortunate. Yeah. And their dream is to one day go to college, practice law, or just do anything. Uh, what advice or, you know, something to tell that person? Uh, what would you tell them? Man, like, I never want to paint the picture that I had, like, the worst childhood growing up. And right. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. It's misconstrued sometimes. Like, we didn't have much, but, you know, I was always provided for. Right. But I say that to say, like, if you look at, like, just the odds, like, look at me. Like, I'm a black man, grew up in poverty like father shot and killed experiencing mm-hmm. that trauma mm-hmm. at a young age like have been homeless like and you just add up all those statistics like uh, combine those together right right. Right. You know say, right you're not going to be like, america would say you did what supposed to make it by now yeah and like even look at my adult life now like right. i've been arrested like yeah. i got suspended from school right, and, right, right. you know but here i still stand like right. on two feet yeah. um so for the person out there that's kind of waning it's like just do it. <laughs> like, like right. I don't know. Like I had, I was lucky. I had two guys that pushed me, and I think that was really the, the big thing. Like my partners, Danny and Troy. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have them. Because as opposed to me just sitting in the room by myself, like oh, I have this great idea. Anybody want to listen to it? Like, right. Right. Yeah. I had two other guys around me, and we kind of didn't let each other Flip. like quit. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be that guy that's bullshitting when you're trying right, to start yeah. something. So the biggest thing you'll say is having a strong support system. Yeah, find a team, man. Right. Find other, like, look at you two. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> <a lot> of, <laughs> you 
It's probably not as efficient. But <laughs> um, what do you see? Um, and this is just kind of like getting more to kind of the back of like your calculus and the work that you do. Yeah. Um, is there anything kind of over the next like year that you really see that you know for your org and good partners? Like, is there anything that you see that you want to tackle? Like, I know you mentioned a couple other projects, but is there anything? that you all are kind of, I mean, you know, if you don't want to say it, you don't have to, of course, but, like, is there anything that you're kind of cooking up to say, like, in 2018 or this next year, we want to build something new to do X, or is there anything, like, is there any big projects you all are trying yeah, to... Yeah, like, what, what's, what should we look forward to from um, Good good Partners? Besides the stuff that you're already, like, doing, but is there anything, like, we've been doing this for, you know, two years now, we try, we want to add on this project, or no. just, don't you just keep on, keeping on in the sense? I mean, I know, I know you are, but in the sense of... I, I try to keep things close to the chest. You just gotta stay tuned. <laughs> we gotta stay. You gotta stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. I mean, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. definitely fair. Um, you got any more pressing questions or anything? Um, I will. I'll give you a hint though. Okay. June June seventeenth. Uh, there will be will be a very special day for the District of Columbia. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be a good day. You know, let us All know. Right, we'll be glad to partner, um, sponsor, do we got to do them help, you, you know? Got, you got money to sponsor? I'll look, snap a logo on there. You I know, know yeah, yeah, look, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> um, I'm only asking this because I know it's coming up. I don't know if you want to plug it. I know you have your, the good gala. Yep. You want to say anything about that or drop a word? I don't know. Or no, you just working it. The good gala is um, it's coming up this Thursday. It's at the Ritz-Carlton. Um, it's a great event, man. We're two years into... The name, so our organization, Good Partners, is one. We actually have two companies. Mm-hmm. Good Projects is our nonprofit. So two years into our nonprofit, we're like, why not throw a, like a gallery? Yeah. yeah. Why not celebrate the good work, have an opportunity for our kids and our families to come out and see something different? Yeah. Um, spent a boatload of money on this, but, you know, a, a lot of people um, came in and supported. So we have we've been able to raise some money for our programming, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited, man. You know, I got my suit picked out, my girl. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Fresh. Oh yeah, always fresh. Look what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of like a personal question. This is kind of like the work that you've done. Yeah. Um, what's been the most? And I'm sure this is probably gonna be like a host of things when I ask you. Um, what's been kind of the most exciting thing that? you all have done or, or that or what's been the most impactful thing in terms of your work that you either had either held a conference about an issue that you really cared about that really touched you or you did work with a certain group of kids and a certain kid came up you were like what's been kind of the most rewarding thing and even though I'm sure every day is filled with rewarding aspects but what's has there ever been a moment or a situation that is really like where you really felt the impact of the work that you're doing not on the sense of like yo I'm really out here but just in the sense of I know that I'm impacting a life or I'm impacting something that I truly care about. Man, I, I think one of the the best and the worst things about me is like I just move so fast. I'm moving so fast, <laughs> moving so fast. Right. So it's like it's hard for me at times to, to truly be, like appreciate that aspect. Yeah, to truly appreciate the the work that's being done because I always feel like there's more work to be done. Mm-hmm. I had a really defining moment where we put an organizational video together. And I hadn't seen it yet. And it was late at night. It came to like one in the morning and I watched it. And then I'm like, I'm hearing these kids tell the video of testimonies from the kids in our program. And like just hearing how how they felt like we had changed their lives. 
Like that was a really defining moment for me. Like I can look at all the statistics in the world, like I can look at our outcomes and be like, Oh, we're doing a good job. But for the people that we're working with to have such good things to say about the people that I get to employ and myself and all of the great people that I get to engage with on a given day, like saying literally like this program has changed my life. Like, mm. that, that brought tears to my eyes. Like, right. I remember going around and waking my mom up like, wow, like you guys <laughs> It was crazy, man, yeah. That's cool. You got anything else? Um, no, I do want to know, uh, how did you guys come up with the name? Um, <laughs> it just happened. You just had that shit. You just said. It just, it was like, no, nah, we just want to go out here and do good in the world. Right. I was going to say, it kind of, that's, yeah, makes sense. That, yeah, yeah. But okay. I thought it was an acronym at first. I was like. Everybody thinks it's an acronym. We uh-huh. almost, we almost budged and made it an acronym. Then we were like, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you got anything else? I have one more final question. You got anything else? Go we'll wrap it up. Um, oh, basic question. How, how can, how can other people, us, anyone listening, how can we help? Bro, like, you're taking all my questions. That's what no, I'm really I'm not saying. talking. Um, but not like, how can we help in terms of, like, you all are clearly, like, I, I literally wrote this down. Like, I, you all are doing good work, like, yeah. not pun intended, like, pun not intended, but, yeah. like, how can we help? I mean, you're clearly doing amazing work, and that's why we wanted to talk to you, because we wanted to prop up the work that you all are doing, because you're clearly doing really good stuff right so how can we help either in turn i mean i'll let you answer that like what how can us or people listening Man, good, help y'all out good is essentially like the bitcoin of the social media <laughs> like, we're, we're a decentralized currency meaning like we're a currency of social good right meaning like you don't have to people ask all the time oh can i come and volunteer like in your office like what can i come and do for you guys blah 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 i'm like man like we good over here, but I'm sure in the neighborhood you're living in, there's some kids that right. need a tutor after school, or like there's a park that probably hasn't been taken care of in a few years. Mm-hmm. Like so, for all the people out there that ask, it's just like, how do I get involved? How do I get involved? Like you know, don't ask me. You know right, how you yeah. can get Look involved. Right, right. Like just take the first step. Like I said, get a good group of people around you, even if you have to start by yourself. Like go to the local animal shelter, walk some dogs, like go to a soup kitchen. Like, go to an elderly home, sit down with a lady. Like, go to your local school. Like, start a flag football team. Right. You don't have to do it as big as me. Like, I have start a, small. Right. I, I have a, a huge organization now. But, like, you can start small. Like, I started with one camp. Right. Like, yeah, I remember. In Anacostia. Yeah. I thought I would have been happy if five kids showed up, 200 kids showed up. Like, right. that just shows, like, there's a tremendous amount of need in everybody's community. Right. But that also goes to what you were saying earlier, and that it's not in the sense of, like, you know, everyone funneling to your organization, but actually creating those new yeah. change agents. So it's not just like good partners and, you know, good projects. We're doing all this stuff, but yeah. you want, it's clear. I mean, I guess that like for us, I mean, we're seeing it because we're talking to you, but that's a clear sense yeah. of it's not, you don't have like a single track mindset in the sense of you want to create a good partners here. You want to create a good partners across the street. You want to basically create other change yeah, agents. Do you, have, yeah. Yeah. do you have a 10 year trajectory on Good partners, or it's kind of like day by day. <laughs> That's real. That's what's up, man. Um, um no, nah, I'm just else? like yeah. blessed to kind of yeah. like nah, we, yeah. he's very humble, uh, which is surprising for somebody that young uh, to be doing such a great thing, and then he's just chilling, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> nah, I mean, yes, yeah, so, I mean, we we definitely appreciate it. We know 
Everyone who's listening is going to appreciate it. Um, no, thank you guys. We'll drop you. everything that you got yeah, in the man. link. Check just, them out. Bro, just in case. Know. So, Darius cool. uh, Baxter, man. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Yeah, we definitely man. appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Check us out. Um, goodprojects.org on social. Goodprojectsdc. Yeah. Call right. it a day. Thanks, Darius. Thanks, man. Shoot.